welcome to What the Hex, your source for Warhammer Underworlds, and under 30 new ways to play the official, unofficial Warhammer Underworlds format. Uh, I'm your host, Phil. Joining me as always is my co-host, Davey. How you doing? I'm good. Are we rivals too? I think we're rivals, uh, <laughs> but in a very good-natured, like, I want to make you better kind of way. Like rivals plus. Yeah. Bibles plus uh, if you couldn't guess uh, we're going to be talking a bit today about the new decks for the rivals plus slash warlords slash name TBD format of uh, Warhammer Underworlds uh, the patient lurkers and vainglorious raiders which are both very like like both those names are quite a mouthful um, <laughs> I feel like they could have come up with something a little easier but Either way, should be some interesting uh, stuff to dive into there. Yep. Uh, but before we move on, just to give you a little bit of context about when we're recording. Uh, at this point, about a week ago, we had the uh, skirmish game reveal show from Games mm. Workshop. Uh, yeah. So they showed us the models for the next warband, which was pretty cool. Like witch hunters, hex, hex banes something i don't even remember uh oh, they man. got two dogs that's the important thing i know everybody was excited about the dog <laughs> they're gonna get and guess what you got two folks yeah well, hey two yeah. dogs uh barely know anything about them yet won't speculate too much here uh they do look very cool although i'm a little confused about what their mechanics are going to look like so i think uh, at this point we have about four cards so i think it's it's worth waiting to make any sort of judgment calls. Yeah. Uh, Hexbane's Hunters is oh, what it is. Yeah. Okay. Not terribly surprising. Yeah, considering that it seems that their mechanics revolve around Hunters, which is a little strange given that <laughs> we're sort of past the Hunter thing. But uh, no reason we couldn't continue that. Yeah. But... That is for a future episode when we know a bit more. Uh, for today, we also have some pretty cool community shout outs. So to move things along, let's try and chew through these quickly. I will say as a quick shout out, um, as we've been saying now, just to make sure that people are aware, we are hosting a tournament coming up on August 7th. That is a Sunday. Uh, it will be at Noble Knight Games in Fitchburg, Wisconsin. We are playing championship format. If you are nearby or feel like traveling, uh, come out and join us. We'll have a good time. Hopefully have close to 15 to 20 people. So uh, reasonably sized and it should just be a good time. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, whatever number we end up with, I'm, I'm super excited to see people. In person oh, yeah. Toss some Absolutely. dice out there again. So, uh, Absolutely. I, I wanted to shout out Battle Mallet specifically because uh, we had planned this episode and and uh, I should have uh, probably guessed, but uh, since they are uh, really great at covering the Rivals and Rivals Plus content, mm, uh, yeah. this very morning they uh, dropped an episode on this uh, same subject. But of course, uh, <laughs> I've been I've been out at the beach with the kids, so I haven't had a chance to listen yet. Um, so uh, if we if we uh, overlap. Uh, on uh, on opinions, it's because great minds think alike, and not because I'm stealing their stealing their ideas. I swear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Promise. Yeah. Uh, Talk to my lawyer, Jason Murray. 
<laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, the uh, Mortal Realms podcast will not need to be uh, <laughs> involved in any sort of legal action. Uh, yeah, and so sort of tangential to some action that I saw you got up to this past weekend. Uh, maybe you were brawling a little bit. I was. So, uh, I, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about this event, but there is, there is an online. Well, okay. So this is it. Uh, it's, uh, going through the, uh, Vassal discord. Uh, Shuby has been a big hand on, on getting this to run. This is the, uh, the Vassal brawl. Um, so, this is, uh, they've been running some sort of online clashes. They're a two day thing and it's been difficult to, uh, get attendance because you can, you can understand it's a lot of time to be sitting in front of your computer. Uh, it was basically pretty unrealistic for me to do such a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, should we had this brainchild of, of, uh, something called the vassal brawl. And the idea is that there are four different qualifiers, um, uh, well, let me, let me give you two right from his words. Uh, we wanted to try and make a more accessible format while also keeping the competition more tense by adding a virtual day two. That's why we made it only three rounds for the qualifiers together with a cap of 16 players to make sure there's at least one clear winner. And if we were filling the cap, two clear winners. So if they have 16 players, uh, you should end up with two undefeated players. And, uh, that's important because every ball, uh, has the four qualifiers and one invitational. Each of these qualifiers is a three round best of three tournament. And the top two of every qualifier earns a spot in the invitational. So at the end of the day, the, uh, the two top players, theoretically the two undefeated players, uh, will then, uh, advance. Uh, so, uh, once you get to the, the top two from each of those four qualifiers, then the invitational is an eight person best of three knockout tournament. So you end up with, uh, effectively a day two is just spread out more. So it's, uh, it's more accessible. And then, um, you can actually enter multiple times. If you don't qualify the first time around, you can try again the next time around. Um, with the, uh, with the added benefit of, uh, whoever kicked your butt in the last one to get to the top, you won't have to face them the <laughs> next time around. So, uh, and I did participate, uh, the, it was just this, um, just this past Sunday, there's still three more. Uh, by the time you hear this, you'll still have time to uh, get into any of those three. That'd be July 30th, August 14th, or August 27th. So a little back and forth on Saturdays and Sundays there, depending on what might work for people. Uh, there's only this this past week was weekend was the only one I was going to be able to go to uh, because I will either be working or traveling on those other days. Um, and so I was excited to, uh, just give it a try. I, I knew going in that, uh, I did not have the reps with the warband. I ended up taking, uh, I ended up taking the cunning crew, uh, just cause that's what I've been playing lately. But I was like, look, I, I can hem and haw, uh, about like being the perfect amount of ready, or I can just do it and have fun. And I'm so glad I did. I had an absolute blast. Uh, Skylar from our local came along and played too. Um, and, uh, I, I had the, uh, amazing experience of, uh, the first round mirror match, not just the mm-hmm. mirror match, but against, uh, Chad, who has been playing cunning crew, like since they were released and trying to become, <laughs> so it was like, it was like me, <laughs> yeah, me with my like hodgepodge, like still figuring it out deck against like a super refined and then super practiced person. And, uh, it was gruesome. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> it was really fun to watch, uh, somebody with, uh, that, that amount of experience. Um, so, uh, I, I had that, I, I also, uh, 
say I played uh, uh, Sean and uh, Mike, I believe, uh, on the other. I, I know the handles more than I know the first names. Um, but uh, uh, my other two opponents were Shadeborn and uh, learned a lot from those too. I'm excited to kind of talk to our locals and help them tweak their decks because we, we've got a few yeah. Shadeborn players and uh, there were some pretty impressive things. And there were some uh, shockingly high glory totals. I... Uh, I accidentally, I was coming right off shift. I came directly from my, my 24 hour shift and uh, <laughs> jumped on and I accidentally sent like uh, an older iteration of the deck. So I was playing with like a really low glory ceiling that I thought Oops. at one point I thought might work, learned it wouldn't, and then accidentally played with that anyway. So <laughs> oh, <no>. uh, <laughs> I'm convinced though, like the games I was in, it's not that I lost them by like two, I lost them by a ton so that was not the difference but it was, it was a little disappointing i didn't quite stress test the uh, the ones i did so yeah anyway uh, i had an amazing time at it and i would really encourage people to check that out um uh and of course come see us if you're local in person this is great in person is great too but uh the the level of friendliness and the the uh, skill level um was just awesome um and you can't get better unless you you play against uh uh like the the higher the level of competition you play against is uh, the better you you are for learning and um this is extremely high level so you're you're gonna you're gonna learn a lot yeah so don't sure. be scared go play <laughs> the worst that'll yeah. happen is that you played some underworlds and had a good time yeah absolutely what about you All phil right. anything the heck's going on with you well uh, yeah so a little bit um so i I actually went to sort of fill in. So we've been uh, one of our locals, also Skyler, actually, uh, has lately. What a, what been, a guy. What yeah. a guy really taking up the mantle to help out our local community lately. Um, just doing a lot of stuff, actually. Uh, that could even be a community shout out, Skyler. You've been doing a ton to help <laughs> out this community. I see you. I appreciate you. Um, but so we've been or he's been trying to do a series of um, outreach events where he would go to the local game stores in our area. And while that may not sound like a lot, we have tons of game stores in our area, like a strange amount for the amount of people <laughs> yeah. in our urban area. Yeah. Um, I I don't actually know the true count. I want to say that's close to 10, but I don't, I don't really know. Um, but so he had one of these planned. Um, I think it's actually a reschedule from one that basically got no attendance because of a really bad storm the same night. Just weird happenstance. So I was planning on going to that anyway. Um, it turned out that he couldn't make it sort of on short notice. So I ended up showing up. Two of our other locals showed up. We taught a couple of people how to play the game. Um, it was just a good, good time. Uh, and I hope that we can keep doing that because it seemed like those folks were pretty interested. So always glad to get more people into the underworlds. Yeah. Um, and then otherwise I've just been monkeying around with some weird off the wall stuff, uh, trying to find something that's maybe a little bit counter meta mm. because the flip meta right now has been kind of driving me nuts. Um, <laughs> I, I tried playing, as it and the couple games where I was like sort of doing the thing where we're both sides have the same strategy. It just was like super stressful. And uh, I felt like I ended up losing games because I didn't have power cards when my opponents had power cards and it felt bad. Mm. Uh, so trying something different, trying something a little weird. I feel like I haven't had enough 
games with it yet to really know if it's working like because it's good or if it's working because it's just a surprise thing. Um, well, so maybe, I, I, yeah, <laughs> I'd love to talk about this deck that you've, you've cooked up in a, in a future episode. So, yeah, yeah. So I think uh, I'm going to keep experimenting and then we will maybe talk some more uh, in the future. But Perfect. there's a little teaser for folks. <laughs> but let's uh, get on or no, you got something else? No, go for it. OK, well, I was thinking we, we've been we've been going on a bit, uh, but we we came to talk about rivals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's do it. We got two new uh, decks released by Games Workshop officially. Um, so these for folks, I guess, who don't know, there is, of course, the rivals format where you just play out of the box with whatever faction deck comes with the warband. And then there's sort of the official unofficial format where you supplement those cards with a number of cards from very specific sets of cards. So we actually have true rivals decks that are released as card packs. Uh, The ones that currently exist are the uh, Illusory Might and the older one, which is Silent Menace. Yeah. That was like forgetting the name and then it came. To <laughs> uh, and so in between those releases, they have also given us these new White Dwarf uh, sort of lists of cards that are compiled from other card releases. Mm. And so we just got two more of those uh, in the most recent White Dwarf. Uh, they've since been posted uh, on the rivals rules download yeah uh on the games workshop page so they are we'll, accessible uh, i'll try to remember to link it in the show notes but all you have to do is go to warhammer community faqs and then uh, check out the rivals format rules and they're going to be in there yeah yeah um strangely enough there is no actual explanation of what rivals plus is yet <laughs> those decks do exist there so well because um, they can be used just as straight rivals. Right? true yeah, true yeah. they they can be just used as straight rivals so i suppose it does make sense to just have them posted yeah. there a good thing to just start with is what do you what do you think uh should like we got we got new rivals decks but they came out in a white dwarf what a what do you think of that this is actually the second time that this has happened yeah, so the the second and third deck and the second occurrence since these were uh, simultaneously released. Yeah. Um. So. So here's the thing: the rivals format, and then by extension, the rivals plus. Those are like stepping stones for new players, right? Like Absolutely. The, the idea with rivals is that, man, if I have to like, you know, custom build a deck in order just to play this game, that's a that's a big barrier. So the idea of rivals, I can just assemble my models and be playing as as for as quick as i can get them together and, and go because i just pull the cards out and play it yeah rivals plus is that stepping stone we're like well like i'd like to customize a bit um but i don't want to have to buy a ton of stuff or you know and so uh salting in something else so that's good so the idea there is like okay like i already have my i don't know star blood stalkers uh, i'm going to pick up essentials now i can I can do some more and we've seen it, right? Like we've seen Mm -hmm. new players, uh, say like, that was fun. I can see I've got some bad cards or some cards that I don't like or don't fit my play style. Uh, how do I change those for something else? You say, Oh, well, good question. Pick up one of these, you know, and for us, it's been 
Silent Menace, Illusory Might, or Essentials. Uh, that's the easy stepping stone. This this is a weird one because, uh, and I'm going to call out Patient Lurkers specifically, because uh, this is a, we'll call it a virtual uh, Rivals deck. Sure. Uh, and the cards from that are from the Harrowdeep core set, the Nether Maze core set, Buck, Black Powder's Buccaneers expansion, Illusory Might Rivals deck, so they steals from another Rivals deck, yeah, uh, and the Exile Dead expansion. Uh, so yeah. That's, that's five different things, including two core sets, to be able to just have all the cards that are in this. Um, so, uh, not to not to take words out of your mouth, but I, you mentioned in passing, like, hey, this this uh, this seems a little counterintuitive with the idea, like that the Patient Lurkers Rivals deck is not an easy pickup. No, it's not, uh, and it's really strange because compared to the other ones. It is like far and away more stuff. Uh, both of the other ones, Maze Breachers and Vainglorious Raiders, are two things. Although yep. we can say that Vainglorious Raiders is both of the core sets. So mm-hmm. that is also a significant investment. Um, but Maze Breachers is the Harrow Deep core set and Black Powders. Mm-hmm. So, sort of like if you're getting in in Harrow Deep, which is when that came out it sort of makes sense that it's like, hey, you've already got your warband yep. by the core set. So you have the rules and the boards and stuff and then pi- pick up one more thing and, you know, you're sort of on your way. Um, which I guess, you know, the next <laughs> sort of s- step in that journey is that you're going to then buy Nether Maze and then, you know, the other things. But but that sort of assumes that you're starting from already having bought like Harrow Deep. And I don't think that that's a necessarily a safe assumption. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are both a little strange. Uh, and I, I guess I have seen some people speculating online, just chatting to say, like, why is this the way it is? It, maybe maybe it's sort of like we're trying to bring both new players in, but also trying to bring established players down to be like hey there's still more here for you if like to entice you into this like middle ground format and that's that's it i'm on board with that explanation i think it well yeah i think that makes a lot of sense because uh you want to provide some variety and it almost serves as like hey i've i started on rivals i did some rivals plus with illusory might or whatever or essentials uh i'd kind of like to like play in this still somewhat fenced off area a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this kind of gives you a roadmap. You're like, well, what if I unlock Vainglorious Raiders? Or what if I unlock Maze Breachers by getting these two things? Okay, well, now I'm some of the way towards Vainglorious Raiders. Okay, well, now I'm most of the way towards Patient Lurkers. Okay, now I've got them all. Well, maybe I'm ready for championship yeah. if I wasn't already. So I see it as a uh, as kind of a, a learning ladder. And like you said, like a... a uh, introduction of a little additional uh, variety to to keep those longtime players uh, a little more engaged with the format because uh, you want you want these to be attended and you know for example our local we we had uh, we had a good showing on just arrivals plus and yeah um, if you can keep that format interesting to plenty of players then you keep generating that energy uh, but I had I had one more thought about this and I think you know I, I mentioned it being kind of like an advanced 
step along learning the format for players. I think it might be uh, an advanced step towards learning the format for GW. So I think the game designers, yeah. right? Because sure. um, we saw the very first Rivals, Universal Rivals deck, I should say, the very first Universal Rivals deck we saw was Silent Menace, which was in no way at all a functional deck, right? Nope. Like, just didn't. It had some stuff that was kind of themed. Um, it was just kind of a, a, a mess functionally. It, um, Illusory Might was definitely better. Um, it still had some like ones that just didn't fit at all in there. Uh, I'm thinking yeah. of uh, what Bargain, Desperate Bargain or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, get your upgrades that you don't actually have in the deck sure yeah get get them get them for free when when they're already free anyway uh so but there's a learning curve there like you could see some uh they get a better idea of like maybe this is what we're trying for so they can put these out and say do do these work is this a thing you know is this is this something Mm -hmm. here um and then get a sense for as they decide how they are going to release the universals for the next season um all right, do I do I bundle these in with a warband or do I make these standalone? Like, which of these seems to work as a rivals deck? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's great, honestly. I think we want them to be able to kind of uh, play around with it, learn. Doesn't cost them hardly anything to do this sort of thing. And uh, if we get if we get more um, as they come, then uh, all the better for it. So. For sure, and I think. Well, having the options for Rivals Plus is certainly important. I think also having more options for just plain Rivals is good, too, because there yeah. are some Warbands Rivals decks that really don't function. Mm. Um, and that's certainly been getting a lot better. I, mm. I don't know that any of the new ones from Nether Maze uh, wouldn't function out of the box. I think they're all pretty good. Um, black powder though is like, it's pretty rough <laughs> if you have to just play in straight out of the box. So, yeah. uh, having, having more options for like your favorite faction is probably good because I think as we've mentioned plenty of times before, um, I think the models are one of the best selling points for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's a real downer to feel like you picked up the warband that you really love and you have the models that you think are really great, but you can't actually like make them work yeah. on the table. Yeah. So I think that's also a plus. Sure. But that's a lot of talk about sort of the pluses and minuses of the format and sort of how this actual release works, but we haven't even begun to talk about the actual decks Mm. uh so there are two of them where would you like to start davy uh i'm gonna ask you so you we we split these up we gave you um the polysyllabic vainglorious raiders yeah uh (laughs) and uh we said we we said all right here's the deal we're each going to kind of look into these and then uh we're going to come up with some war bands that we we think if i had to play this deck uh what and I, I looked at it more from a rivals plus i don't know if you looked at it from both rivals and rivals plus but what yeah. what warband do we think would kind of play along with this um, yeah so so i definitely started by just looking at the deck as a, like as a standalone mm-hmm. uh not really with any warband in mind i just wanted to like just absorb it as like okay what are what is the deck trying to do yeah um so starting with the objectives uh, it's got 
And I'll just run them down quick. They, these will be posted. These are available, so I'm not going to read off how they all work. I'm just going to read the names quickly just to try and get through them all. But it is Contest of Equals, Fallen Titan, Fearless Seekers, In Cold Blood, Brave Advance, Down with the Ship, Extraordinary Revelation, Lost Leader, Master the Abyss, Shadow Elimination, Shifting Walls, and Sudden Revelation. Mm. So we got a number of things for holding in enemy territory. We've got a number of things that care about uh, flipping uh, uh, tokens. Um, so automatically we're kind of seeing like, okay, positioning is important. Uh, the deck definitely wants you to be in enemy territory. So you need yeah. to be either kind of aggressive or you need to have some way to sort of prevent just getting blown out once you're in enemy territory. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it sort of has these other pieces that care about uh, killing stuff. So it's sort of like, it feels like it's trying to push you towards this sort of invasion aggro flex thing. Yeah. Um, which I think works for a number of different war bands. Um, you can kind of make that work for a lot of different things. And I think that's sort of a strength of Inglorious Raiders. Mm. Um, for war bands that are more inclined to just sit and hold, uh, you definitely have the tools to do that, and you can just kind of take your attacks advantageously whenever you want. Um, and if you don't score those things, they're the lower scoring parts of the deck anyway. Mm. Uh, and then on the flip side, if you wanted to play a more aggressive warband, you then just sort of have the hold stuff to c- try and score sort of coincidentally. Yeah. Um, so actually... After seeing that, the thing that immediately came to my mind was our discussion about the Grimwatch and how they really like the invasion hold stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And having both Extraordinary Revelation and Fearless Seekers made me think of them. So I immediately thought about them at first and then uh, decided that I actually like (laughs) the Skaven better. but I don't think it would really make a big difference which one you chose. I think they'd both like this deck quite a bit. So thinking that, uh, I then wanted to make sure that like, well, <laughs> are the are the gambits and upgrades going to lend themselves to that? And the gambits absolutely do. They are a lot of really strong things, uh, such as you know, swarming darkness, step between shadows, uh, dark inversion is in here, which has sort of become a boogeyman <laughs> card. Yeah. The um, dark inversion swarming darkness combo is yeah, it's nasty. Boss. Yeah. So having access to both of those feels really good. Um shadow lure for an extra push. Mm. Um like there's some nice stuff in here. And then for uh you know more aggressive pieces, you also have live for the fight, which is pretty nice if you just need plus dice. And if you yep. have a brawler, hey, all that much better. Uh, Sikkim is another push, so you never can go wrong with that. Kings of the Deep uh, won't necessarily be amazing in all the decks that you would want to do this with, but if you're going more aggro, that can be really gross. Sure. Um, so yeah, I was like, wow, okay, so we've got tons of really good gambits. You can kind of do whatever you want here. Um, the thing, though, that jumped to me immediately is like you probably cut some of the more aggressive pieces or some of the push pieces, depending on which way you want to lean into this. Yeah. But I think that's maybe a nice uh, plus for this deck as well in uh, the Rivals Plus format is that you can kind of have those small pieces to take out. 
to lean more towards whatever the strength of the warband is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for upgrades, uh, it's a lot of the stuff that cares about cover hexes. So you've got Shadow Spear, Dark Fortitude, Dark Majesty, Nether Defense, um, Abyssal Summoner, like just lots of stuff that makes you stronger for standing on cover hexes. So yeah, um, if you're gonna if you're gonna lean into that, you're you're in pretty good shape, I think, with a lot of this. And just looking at it now, I mean, some of what jumps out at me as well is that there's three different weapon upgrades in here. There's Withering Blade, Penumbral Dirk, and Shadow Spear. Uh, Shadow Spear being the particularly strong one here. Um, But the presence of weapons makes this, and you are already looking at them, but uh, Grimwatch and uh, Spike Claw, for example, these Swarm Warbands where the little guys could use a little help laying, laying some damage on. Yeah, well, and uh, things like Penumbral Dirk, which is already pretty accurate just the way it is, but then it also picks up Cleave if you've got multiple upgrades. Mm. Um, Withering Blade makes you an assassin, so if you just, if you keep in cold blood, it can make that easier. Um, in cold or Withering Blade also has Stagger, which is just nice to have. Like. Yeah, I think if you've got if you've got revivable fighters, a lot of this deck is really kind of scary. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you you talked about some of your standout, like some of the some of the uh, upgrades in game. It's specifically that caught your eye. Uh, let's loop around to the objectives again. What which of the objectives in this deck are you like? Hey, I'm really glad that like I have this available to me, basically. Yeah, so so I already mentioned that the things that even just like immediately pulled me towards uh, the specific warbands that I was interested in is Fearless Seekers and Extraordinary Revelation. Mm. Um, very similar. Uh, Fearless Seekers is asking you to hold two or uh, two feature tokens in enemy territory, um, and then Extraordinary Revelation is also uh, a similar thing, but it has to be objectives, which you can just flip like it's not a big deal um and those are for two glory and three glory uh so it's like okay so that's a big chunk of your glory i I will say the total deck is 19 glory as well if you just run it straight so um there's a lot there you you can definitely cut some of that Uh, it's got some pretty greedy stuff in here too yeah um the other things that are pretty spicy especially with revivable fighters uh master the abyss so again, it's, it's hold three cover hexes, yeah. so it doesn't even have to be feature tokens. You do take a damage when you do that, but if you have revivable fighters, it's not a, as big of a deal. Um, also for two glory, and then you do have the very spicy sudden revelation and shadow elimination flip surges, right? which are pretty gross. <laughs> yeah um sudden revelation in particular yes and it's contest the equals you have right in there that's a yeah that's so good it's been restricted so uh you have some really workable surges which is often like your first building block for something yeah yeah and and so i mean especially with spike claws you really have to lean on a lot of these surges um so contest of equals is definitely helping you out both of the flip ones and then the other surges that you do have you've got in cold blood which is a kill either from a friendly fighter with no wound counters or a friendly fighter that's an assassin. Um, you, thanks to the errata, you do have one natural assassin in the warband, although 
stock. He's not probably getting any kills. <laughs> and then uh, you can then, like I said, you can use the withering blade to make another one uh, an assassin as well. Uh, and then the other surge that's in the deck is down with the ship, which I think this is an almost immediate cut candidate. You have to yeah. kill an enemy leader in enemy territory. It is worth yeah. two, but like there's just too many things you need to line up to make this work. Sure. Um, so you do have to find a couple more surges. So the deck innately has five surges, which is actually, I think, something we saw before in some of these other rival decks. So I'm kind of wondering if they're intentionally leaning you away from surges, which I don't really understand because that's not what you're going to do in championship. But well, yeah, that's true. Um, I, I think they've been doing it a thing to be a little more consistent, like a lot of the faction uh, rivals decks they've been releasing with four surges. Yeah, yeah, lately. yeah, yeah. They've just been moving away from. Sur- I guess because it it surges are where a lot of the power comes from in decks, right? right? So right, right. You don't necessarily want to push lots of power into stuff that doesn't rotate, because um, right. then you get problematic cards that you can't get rid of. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hrothgorn. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, uh, so. So that that is actually sort of a knock against using Spike Claw Swarm to do this because they do not have very many surges. I think they have two, um, and they're not. They're both kind of bad. <laughs> <laughs> one of them is get a kill with your leader, and the other one is at arm's length, which is have somebody taken out of action while they are not adjacent to a friendly fighter. Yeah. Um, so there's some tricks you can do to make that happen, but it's it's not always the easiest. Right. But I think it's still better than down with the ship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, that's a lot of the, the especially those early war bands, who, which were, you know, the season one war bands, they were pretty light on surges in general. Yeah. Uh, and so they are, that's a, a, a thing that they're, looking at pretty quick on those absolutely but yeah so that that is just a a rundown of the vainglorious raiders and some of the reasoning for why why certain warbands would be good for them i do like i said i think other warbands can work i actually looked at crushes for a hot minute uh you would have to make a lot more changes though to make it work um Prothgorn is actually a possibility here as well. Mm. But again, like you don't necessarily want to be throwing your Noblars forward to try and hold an enemy territory. Like that's sort of eventually yeah, what turned me away tough. from doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, some of the Stormcasts could work here too. I like you just kind of have a lot of options. Um, it's a pretty flexible card pool, I think. But overall, I think having revivable fighters makes the Fearless Seekers and Extraordinary Revelation work. And those mm. are the the really big scores. Um, mm-hmm. If you can reliably pick those up, I think the deck is going to work out pretty well for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it is strong in my, mm-hmm. in my yeah. Uh, yeah estimation. Like I I think this is strong enough that uh, it you you think about taking this instead of uh, uh, instead of essentials. You know, essentials is generally considered kind of the default choice uh if yeah. you're 
Uh, and there's a whole conversation there about whether that's a, a good thing or bad thing for the format. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this one sure. comes with, with a strong enough set of surges that for some war bands, like, yeah, like I'll, I'll, uh, I'll forgive the losing access to great strength in exchange for getting these hot, hot surges, you know? To yeah. Yeah, for sure. And if you're in a, if you're playing a war band specifically that doesn't care about having plus one damage, then, mm-hmm. um, I think it's, it's definitely a reason to look at this instead. Yeah. Yep. Um, or they've got right, or they might have it in, in house, you know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you already have it, you're like, Hey, I don't, I don't need four plus damage upgrades. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you do. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, many, many do. Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately, (laughs) maybe, I don't know. I guess that's your, your own take on the game. Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, so then you, you took a look at the other one. Um, so this is the patient lurkers deck, right? Uh, I guess run us down. You probably went through a pretty similar process. Uh, I did. So, uh, first is kind of get a sense for overall what it wants to do. And it's a little bit in the name. I think what they're trying to get you to do is this is a, this is a deck for war bands that might want to hang back. There's very little in here that encourages you to go into enemy territory. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you, uh, I think they're saying like, hey, if you think you want to just kind of lay back in the cut, uh, make them make the enemy come to you, then um, then this might be the deck you go for. Yeah. Um, so with with that in mind, uh, and some of the cards that make me say that, you know, they've got uh, well again. Uh, importantly that there's there's nothing that uh, tells you to get into enemy territory by and large um, there's some hold things like lost in shadow uh, there's hold more um, like sinking feeling I mean I guess mm-hmm. I'll run down it real quick the objectives are contest the equals inseparable lead from the rear looming threat lost in shadow sinking feeling unequal contest chum the waters ferret them out lost leader lucky find and lured in um, the the uh, real big problem that jumps out at you uh, <laughs> with this is that there are only three surges here. Uh, one yeah. of them is great. Contest to equals is excellent. Uh, unequal contest is situationally good. There's some war bands that do well with this, uh, although it's more challenging in the rivals plus or yeah. rivals format where you don't have as much support for rerolls or whatever. And uh, the only other surge in here is lured in. And this is score this immediately after an enemy fighter on an objective token in your territory is taken out of action. Yeah. It's if this so said, bad. if this said on a feature token, I think this would be workable in this format because people are trying to get on those. Yeah. Uh, it is so hard to make sure that somebody's on an objective token. It is nuts. Um, it is, it is very, very difficult. Like, yeah. Penumbra this might lock basically <laughs> the only way to do it. Yeah. This might come back around again if we move out of the realm of shadow and objectives yeah. are not as easy to flip, uh, or delve is no longer a thing. But uh, this this deck effectively ha- effectively has two surges, and uh, so one of the very first things you have to do to look at if this is something you want to mix in for Rivals Plus uh, is are there uh, are there effective surges in your faction deck that you can you can mix in. Um, and so this is, if you're going straight rivals this is tough sledding, you have, yeah, I 
not much I'd, to help you out here. I think I'd go so far as to say probably don't touch for straight <laughs> The these objectives add up to fifteen glory. Uh, there's a little bit of help in the in the uh, um, upgrades, um, including yeah. one of the very few that ask you uh, to be in enemy territory, which is waterlogged map. There's a thing that makes me think that we have an errata coming, or maybe somebody just missed something, and that is yeah. that they have lucky find. Uh, score this in an end phase if one or more friendly fighters each have one or more map upgrades. Map being a bolded term. Yeah. Waterlogged map does is not listed as a map upgrade. Like yeah, it doesn't have that term. It's not one of the map piece upgrades. Yeah. And I have to think that that was a mistake. Yeah. Where they just saw a map in the name and were like, well, of course it works. Yeah. And so it's not at all how it works. That's, that's a, uh, an objective that just won't score with this deck. Um, if you're playing it straight out, actually won't score anyway, because you're playing rivals plus, you don't yeah, have access no way to, to that. It. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that is effectively a, a null card there. Um, and then there's a, there's a lot of like one glory end phases in there. Uh, chum the waters is a nice one. Uh, and you also yep. get, uh, some help with that down, down the line. Uh, and so basically what I, when I was looking at this and the objectives are like, well, contest to equals, everybody can do that. Unequal contest. You're going to be looking, uh, you're probably going to want a warband that has a chance to score that because you're going to rely really heavily on their faction surges. Uh, and so you're probably already scraping the bottom of the barrel there. So you're going to have to take this. You're going to want it. Yeah. Um, and so you're going to want to be looking for a warband that uh, has rerolls or is going to make a lot of the faces of the attack die be successes. Uh, or even this is actually a decent card for Rippas because they'll throw those one one yeah. smash bite attacks uh get them through and land them that way definitely um but yeah the the objective deck is not great um <laughs> th there's a couple decent ones in there but uh so i, I see it i'm looking like we want a war band i think that if you're going for the stuff that's good you you maybe want to be able to get supports um you maybe want to be holding things uh you want to be able to kind of be uh passive in the back it gets a little better in the power deck um we have dark epiphany leech strength live for the fight shadow lure unfair fight wedded blade suffocating mix uh mist step between shadows into deep creaking ceiling and then for the uh so for the the gambits um shadow lure is in there for a push uh step between shadows is you can swap between uh cover hexes so you could theoretically use it to get from a, a gloom onto a uh, objective that needs to be that you could then delve you know if you're on one of your own shadows mm -hmm. uh, it's a little rough that there's not more push tech in here for somebody who's hopefully standing on things um but there's some decent stuff and back to the support sort of theme unfair fight is a pretty decent card if you're if you're doing supports mm -hmm. um that's a that's a pretty good effect uh Wetted blades for some accuracy because there's a reroll there that can help you pull off unequal contest. Um, and then something like leech strength. Uh, if I got little guys, I can actually get some pretty big boosts of damage potentially. So that's, uh, that's not too shabby. And then suffocating miss uh, is going to help you score that, uh, chum the waters. And it's just a, it's a generally good card in this. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I think there's some 
uh, sort of clunkers like uh, in too deep prevents people from uh, people cannot be on guard uh, until the end of the phase. Enemies cannot be in guard in your territory until the end of the phase. That's shockingly situational. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Creaking <laughs> um, ceiling is a weird one because you, if you drive people back into a, but it works against you. This is a, a extra damage. If you drive people into an edge or next to a, uh, block hex. Um, I guess being able to cheat in some extra damage on the fly is, is not too bad. Um, and it stays, yeah. it stays until the end of the round or until another domain is played. You're probably not going to see many domains in, in rivals plus. So I don't think there are any others in any of the rivals decks. Yeah. I mean, if for me playing very conservatively, I, I probably play this like last activation and just treat it as a, Hey, I've got a chance to get an extra damage on this attack or something. Yeah. And then, then not have to worry about it against myself, but it, you know, situationally may do it more. Yeah. It just doesn't feel like it fits. Right. I mean, like mm. it, I feel like this card is good, but it like you really need to be pretty aggressive to use it. I feel yeah. like, and yeah. this is not that. So yeah, sort of a weird inclusion here. Yeah. Um, there's some decent upgrades uh, here. Uh, there's uh, so they are Bloodrack Mask, uh, Encrusted Key, Phantom Spear, Waterlog Map, Abyssal Summoner, Cursed Cutlass, Dark Fortitude, Dark Intellect, Dark Strength, and Ferocious Bite. Mm. Uh, so there's some stuff that's making you say like, "Hey, I, maybe I kind of want Range One because that's where uh, Dark Strength and Ferocious Bite will come in." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. dark strength giving a damage boost ferocious bite giving an accuracy boost but they both have to be range one um which uh can be a, a little tricky uh, you can if you need some help getting some range one there is that cursed cutlass which is a four fury two damage it's not terrible yeah no it's um, a decent so. weapon it's just <laughs> yeah uh you don't want that to be your only option here yeah uh, and I do like Phantom Spear, especially in Rivals Plus. Like, yes. uh, cleave to smash, two damage, range two, especially the range two, can really kind of be good. And then, and again, in this theme of maybe holding back, sitting on stuff, that's that's a pretty okay thing to do because you can stand on objective and uh, poke away. Yeah. Um, and Dark Fortitude giving you some healing is pretty good. Um, Waterlog Map. That's the only thing that's trying to get you to go into enemy territory. So. Um, that's kind of the that's kind of the take there. Uh, so looking at those, uh, I I'll do a side note of uh, here's here's how I uh, went about doing this. And again, I kind of focused a little more on Rivals Plus as I built this deck. You do it in the deck builder your choice, but uh, built the Rivals deck, laid it out, uh, loaded it in, and then one by one went through. And just looked at all the faction icons and said, okay, uh, let me start at the top. Do I think Steelhearts wants anything to do this? No, I do not. Let's uh, move right along. Mm. Uh, and went through and just had a gut in, gut impulse of like, do I think this warband might be interesting? Uh, let's take a look. And so if I thought they might have something to do, then I'd like uh, show me the faction cards for that warband. Uh, and so I'd be looking at the faction cards right alongside these. And so I could, you know, do the first thing. Hey, are there four surges that I think I could get away with? Uh, no, you know, and I, I, as is the case with a lot of Shadespire, you know, like I, <laughs> yeah. I, I did uh, for a hot second consider Spike Claw, and then I was like, oh my god, I would have a deck with 
four surges. <laughs> It'd be rough. Yes. And uh, some not amazing end phase. Yeah. Like I, so like, no, it's, it's not, even though there might be some things that it likes about that, I, I don't think that's going to be functional. Um, and so March right along, I did think about, uh, I did actually think about Grimwatch here because Grimwatch brings a number of okay surges that yep. can get you by. It felt a, a little rough even in that. Uh, but I was like, yeah, that, that might be doable. Um, but it, it didn't quite click together for me. Uh, one that I did, though, uh, kind of like was Grashrax Despoilers. Um, and there's a few mm-hmm. things here. They they want to hold. Um, yep. They have some good things to help them hold. They actually have quite a few decent surges, uh, although it does still get a little hairy in there. <laughs> Um, unequal contest is helped by the fact that, uh, you have those, uh, ritual counters that, uh, provide rerolls as long as yeah. you're killing things. So, uh, you have a chance of, of getting your way to those. Um, they don't mind having a few weapons in the back, uh, there. Uh, so I, uh, I kind of built it out. It, it seemed functional. I, I think that a question you end up having to ask yourself afterwards though, is like, uh, is this, would I, you know, like, if I was committed to taking Grashrax to spoilers to a Rivals Plus event, is it, and I decided, you know, am I deciding I'm taking Patient Lurkers because it could work? Or is there another deck that might actually just work better for these guys? So, yeah, yeah. And I think that's a, that's a fair question and probably a fair criticism of Patient Lurkers because I think, yeah, you can almost always do a little bit better if you just went with something else yeah like i don't know vainglorious raiders yeah uh (laughs) even if you wanted to just stand in the back and hold i think you'd do better with (laughs) some of the stuff you you might yeah um but it seemed it seemed okay uh and then the other thing that i thought was uh i I put together another one was uh uh, the the cunning crew um yeah they do have some builds that are, I'm going to sit here and hold and they can get by, they can get around some of the, uh, push issues with their extra movement, uh, tricks, but, um, yeah. not having, I mean, they really love the pushes to set up things. And so only having the one in shadow lore is a, is a big problem, but they, they don't mind unfair fight. They're going to be doing some supporting, um, range one is actually a little tough to come by in that war band. Uh, you've got, that is true. You've got Gicket and you've got uh, Crookshank, and Crookshank is always just off doing whatever he does. Uh, you so. mean stabbing me in the face? <laughs> he he, he, uh, he had a little bit of hero stuff in uh, some of my games this weekend too. <laughs> uh, it's not great when you're having to do work with Crookshank, but yeah. Um, and so I put something together for that. But then again, it was this, it was the same sort of situation. Like I think there might just be a better build with a, a different deck. But if you're committed, those those were the two that I kind of assembled something with and how they came together. Nice. Uh, shall we run down the decks that we actually built? And sure. sort of talk through what, why, why the certain cuts and sort of where we ended up? Yeah. Why don't we uh, go back to you? I've been chatting for a while. So Yeah, yeah, sure. So um we can include these deck lists on the episode notes so folks can pull them up and sort of look along as you listen or check them out after you're done but um so as i mentioned 
when I was talking about how I approach this for spike claws, uh, the hold, the hold objective stuff immediately seems like it works pretty well because you have these rats that you can bring back over and over again, and you can bring them back in enemy territory. And that is the most important part. Um, if you can pop somebody up right next to an objective, you can pretty easily get them back on for fearless seekers, uh, an extraordinary revelation. Mm. So that's sort of the core of the deck. Uh, that's where I'm starting from. Master of the Abyss continues to help with that in that we're still holding. It's just three cover hexes, Shadow Elimination and Sudden Revelation. Also work with that because you're just flipping the tokens you're already on. So about half the deck already is just doing what we want to do. Um, and then in Cold Blood uh, and Contest of Equals, we can make some sort of just situational attacks and probably pick those up at some point between upgrades and the innate uh assassin of festering skaven i believe it is lurking skaven lurking yeah so those are fairly straightforward although not amazing and then uh we kind of get stuck because there's really not good end phases for Mm -hmm. skaven in their core deck so what we get stuck with uh from the the deck is shifting walls which maybe wouldn't be impossible uh this this is this is sort of a weird one we haven't seen anything like this in a while uh this is an end phase that you score if there are no edge hexes that are occupied and there are no fighters adjacent to blocked hexes big oof big <laughs> oof you've definitely got to play a board that helps you to try and do this and hope that your opponent does as well um but you, you got a few pushes in the deck to try and help with that uh, that I'll yeah. mention here in a little while. So it's not impossible, but it's certainly difficult. Sure. Uh, although we definitely played um, Alone in the Dark a lot back in the day, and that one on paper looked worse than it actually was too. Um, yeah. so, I, I think a best of one, you may actually get away with this one a little bit. Yeah, so. I think in a best of one, and I think a lot of times... Rivals plus tends to be best of one. I think shifting walls will just catch people off guard. Um, They just won't be thinking about it. And then, hey, I scored two glory. Yeah. So that left three slots, two of which were surges, one which is an end phase to try and fill in from the uh, Skaven ones. So I already mentioned that for surges, really the only two playables that you have are Scritch is the greatest, yes, yes, which is get a kill with your leader. not ideal but not horrible either Mm. Uh, he is pretty decent at killing folks with a range two uh, pretty decent attack Um, and then arm's length is just getting somebody to die while they're not adjacent to any of your fighters and you have a number of range two attacks already and then some and then you've got the uh, shadow spear upgrade which is also a range two attack so um, just making a few pokes here and there i think you can pick these up and then the last one is brilliant, brilliant. Um, I just figured. So this is this is one that you score in an end phase if you scored two or more other objective cards in the preceding action phase. So mm. you don't have a ton of reliable uh, surges, but the ones that are reliable are very reliable. So you have sudden revelation, shadow elimination, and contest of equals. And I think that if you can get one of those and then stretch to get something else, you can probably pick up Brilliant Brilliant. Um, although I still don't know that it's uh, 
if it's like guaranteed to happen, but you can mm. at least try to make it happen um, and yeah. have some consistency there. Sure. And so leaning into that strategy, uh, we're keeping in the gambits, swarming darkness, step between shadows, dark inversion, which none of those should be a surprise. <laughs> uh, and in fact, swarming darkness and step between shadows are both choose as well. So we'll be able mm. to inspire off of those, which is yeah, kind of spicy. Then we've got Sikkim, which in this deck will just be a sidestep, which there's nothing wrong with that. Shadow Lure, which is likely to just be a sidestep, um, but sometimes the ability to move a empty feature hex will also be important. Uh, especially with uh, Skaven, because you move it onto a starting hex. Yep. And, uh, and then all you of a sudden, revive can, right on top of yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this is, I mean, it's sidestep, so it's an inspire if you need it. Um, but But that push for the hex is also very good. And then the only other one that I kept from the deck is Elite Advance, uh, partially because once you're on the hexes, being able to be put on guard without an action is useful for not getting pushed off. Mm. Um, but then also, as a choose, it will also inspire a Skaven. Yeah, yeah. So some pretty good options for inspiration. And then that leaves four slots open for stuff from your deck uh faction deck to do that i think the place you always start is there are always more gives you a power card to revive one of your expendable rats uh then you have scratching in the shadows so you can just run distraction yeah um which is always good nervous scrabbling um which lets you play confusion without running confusion yeah and then aversion to death, which is that when one of your fighters dies, you can push two friendly fighters, one mm. X, which is probably going to happen. Um, and a double push is quite good. So you have aversion to death, nervous uh, scrabbling, which is not a push, but it's like a push, scratching in the shadows, uh, shadow lure, sickum and Swarming Darkness, all for stuff to push things around on the board. Uh, so you're in pretty good shape there. And then you also have Dark Inversion, which is really nasty for holding, and Step Between Shadows to teleport your rats around. Yeah. So I think the gambits are really strong here. And then to finish things off, uh, we pretty much just have some support pieces and upgrades. We're just trying to sort of make the rats a little bit more lethal because we can't stack a ton of defensive stuff um for for the pieces that are defensive you have nether defense which is just plus one defensive in cover which is really solid on rats who inspired a two dodge anyway dark majesty which will reduce damage if fighters are adjacent to you while you're in a cover hex which is also pretty solid and then abyssal summoning uh nope that one's in a just on your attacks i thought it was all attacks so you you pretty much just have like two ways to increase your defense those are probably going on scritch then you've got shadow spear to increase damage and range um, abyssal summoner give you support on attacks withering blade makes you both an assassin and just as a decent attack penumbral dirk also just a decent attack uh, and then i included four things from their 
uh, faction upgrades, which this was probably the hardest choice for me. I wasn't 100% sure I wanted to run all four of these, but I figured I'd just go with it because uh, they seemed like they could be decent. Um, sneaky stab stab. So before you make an attack, you get to push the fighter with this upgrade one hex, which yeah. is sort of weird. I'm not like because you could be out of range, so you, you don't have well, any legal targets and then you get to push into range. Uh, I don't think it necessarily. I think you can't declare you the can't attack. declare master. the attack. OK, I yeah. wasn't sure if that was going to work or not. So, yeah, and that's sort of this weird old templating. So that's definitely something to keep in mind if you're playing any of these old war bands maybe sometimes yeah. you gotta double check how the cards work but but it's a way especially if you got some uh between the phantom spear or scritch you can do some extra positioning yeah, tricks yeah with it. push away push onto a hex before you attack uh you know there's a number of different sneaky things you can do with this yeah probably why it's called what it's called uh then festering blades because grievous with plus two damage is never a bad thing Oh man, um, uh, yeah. Think about giving that guy the shadow spear, right? Yeah, right. Three smash, three smash that. to go to four damage if you roll a crit. Yeah. Mm. Oof. Mm. And festering is no joke. All of a sudden, uh, then you've got expendable because, of course, you do. Um, and black <laughs> black hunger, uh, because I think that giving the hungering skaven the ability to turn into a blender if you need to is probably a decent option. Never not um, good. Never not good. And if you give him something like Withering Blade or the Penumbral Dirk, this can be pretty nasty. Mm. Um, three Fury, three damage is already good. Three Fury, three damage with Cleave would be better uh, because by the time you have Penumbral Dirk and Black Hunger, that's what you'll have. <laughs> and then Withering Blade has Stagger on it as well. So then any hits that don't get kills will also stagger. Mm. Um which is probably pretty good when you're hitting multiple opponents. So you sort of get this weird uh, mix of both aggro and positioning, but I think it kind of works because the rats can be tooled up and then keep getting brought back with their tools. Yeah, yeah. That uh, that feels pretty good for Arrivals Plus. Yeah. Uh, when I got done with it, I was like, I think this has legs. I think this could... This could go the distance in a Rivals Plus tournament if you really wanted to go with the rats. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just talked a whole bunch about a deck uh, from start to finish. How 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 did you do building yours? Not as good as you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had a worse starting spot. That is for sure. I think I'm gonna, uh, I'll talk about the version that I did with the spoilers because I had a little bit more fun with that. Sure. Um. We already talked about the surge situation. So uh, I took unequal contest and contest to equals uh, and uh, pretended lured in uh, didn't exist. <laughs> uh, that left me looking for four surges from uh, the despoilers. And there were three or there are a couple. So there's despoilers itself, which is uh, their temporary victory. The hold three score mm-hmm. two. Yep. Uh, there's Beastle Cunning, and that's a third gambit in a single round. That's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I landed on uh, Killing Blow, which is uh, basically one-shot somebody. And yeah. uh, Stampede was a little tougher to get to, uh, but that is a third or subsequent friendly charge. And that's not terrible because they got a couple ranged fighters. Um, so there's yeah. they, it, it gets 
a little more difficult later on when you start losing more people, but, um, it's certainly easier than it is to do with, uh, Garrick's Reavers, um, who can sometimes end up with two people too far away to be able to do it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I guess the only, the only caveat is that they fix the templating compared to Reavers where you could have charged three times earlier in the round and then draw into it. That's true. Yeah. Um, so that felt okay on the surges. Like yeah. uh, that, that, that can work. Um, lost in shadow. Cause we're going to try and stand on stuff. Um, so that's something yep. we pull from the, the rivals deck sinking feeling as well. Cause it's just, uh, uh, standing on feature tokens. We're already doing, already doing that. So that gives you something to do, uh, chum the waters for sure. Um, cause you can be, you, you, mm -hmm. uh, maybe pinging people with bow shots and we'll, uh, that's a, raises it up and it really started to run out of, uh, some steam here. I do like survive or not survival. I like, uh, yeah, survival of the fittest uh, with this warband. It's mm -hmm. uh, five fighters are out of action, and you at least have somebody surviving. So it's it's yeah. like corn cares not, just oh so slightly harder. Just <laughs> if, slightly if you, more fair. <laughs> yeah, if you don't have anyone alive, uh, you're probably losing the game anyway. So, um, well, with these guys, yeah, reavers might be a different story. Um, and then. Uh, I ended up with proven superiority. This is this is the kill the enemy leader and have uh, enemy leader is dead and yours is alive. Uh, it was mostly just to try to keep the ceiling up, and you can try to you know kind of kamikaze into the enemy leader with some of your guys if you if you need to. Um, yeah, and then uh, and then I was getting desperate, so ferret them out came in, and this is a uh, uh, it's an end phase. Uh, either kill an assassin or one or more enemy fighters are taken out of action in your territory this round. feels like people are probably going to come to you to get you off of things. So uh, it didn't feel terrible. It's just not a great, yeah, a great one. So got to the end of the objective deck. It's like, I, I think I got something here. It's all right. So um, brought me onto the gambits. Uh, suffocating mist went straight in there. Try to help out with Absolutely. chum the waters, help out with some of the lower damage things. Uh, wetted blades also in there. This is uh, reroll one attack dice uh, in the first range one or two, or give it cleave. If you happen to be an assassin, which I don't think happens with this warband, I can't remember any uh, upgrades that turn anyone to an assassin. Um, but I don't think so. But the reroll is going to help with your. Uh, uh, unequal contest, a um, little bit of accuracy. So yep. fine. Shadow lure is our only push uh, from from the faction deck. Uh, live for the fight. They do have accuracy problems, especially early on. Um, so mm -hmm. can uh, toss that in. Um, and then the step between shadows. I think that's going to be kind of situational, but you may be able to use it to get uh, one of the, your little guys kind of out of out of danger have them uh, uh, as they're getting threatened in like round two or three teleport to the back of the enemy yeah. board and hold something there instead. So it's really, it's really where the lack of pushes starts to show here is that like mm, you've even yep. got a power card that wants you to have a push so you can yeah. set it up and it's like, Oh man, you just don't have it. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, speaking of pushes, uh, definitely took vile invaders. This is choose up to two friendly hunters yep. and push them up to two hexes each. That is to. gotta, uh, that was the, Number one, it left uh, three others. Um, I ended up taking a uh, bull charge, which gives an innate fury, mostly because I, I'm kind of like, 
so on a charge action, you get an eight fury. Uh, it can make some of those like crappy bow attacks actually fairly accurate. You know, yeah. so you get one success right away, and then if you can sneak another one in or uh, make it a crit and a success, that's pretty cool. Um, that's more because I like it's so rare that you get to use a card that gives you an innate that I, I included in there. I don't know if it's the, the best, but uh, blood taunt is uh, damage yourself, get a guard token, which is always a weird one to me, but uh, get a guard token mm-hmm. and then uh, plus two dice in your first attack. So that's a great accuracy bonus. And then bang hatred is just a plus one damage to your first range one or two, a uh, little damage boost. The only other thing I would think of is they, they've got a, a infection enemy push. If you're, damaged and somebody's adjacent is pretty situational mm, um, but you can if if you have enough damage counters you can really shove someone far i think you might consider it uh just because you're so light on any pushes at all so i that would be the one change out i might do yeah um this is one of those gambit decks that i look at once i've gotten i'm like yeah that looks good but then when I look at it in the context of what I'm trying to do, um, mm-hmm. it looks less, less good. Yeah. And this is, this is a big thing with deck building, right? Like if you just include cards cause they're good, you'll have some good cards, but you might not have a great deck. Uh, Absolutely. and, uh, I think this is an example of that. So, uh, things didn't get all that better with upgrades. Um, I did find a damage boost with blood crazed. So this is, this is kind of a weird one. Uh, you have plus one damage, to your range one or two it's basically great strength if you're wounded or happen to be standing next to somebody who's wounded whether it's yeah, a friendly yeah. or a so that uh is situational ish but you can make that happen um you've got blood ton if you want to make it happen to yourself and mm-hmm. all that i took heedless of pain for extra wounds uh trophy taker i guess i uh that the upgrades the upgrades is where it really kind of breaks down for the spoilers because they don't have uh all that many good ones and they they uh were subjected to that that uh, time when it was still happening where you'd have uh, a lot of fighters in the warband would get fighter specific upgrades very um, much so yeah and if everyone has to get their own fighter specific upgrade and you've got a lot of little crappy fighters then a lot of your upgrade slots yeah. in your faction deck get burned by like oh cool gnarl has a special knife or whatever you know <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah i'm seeing a jabbing spear here plus one yeah. range to a short yeah. spear attack <laughs> yeah get that spear up to range too boy uh <laughs> yeah there's there's some rough stuff there so this is where i went uh fairly heavy uh back into the um faction deck mm-hmm. um one one curious thing about these guys is you know i i'd see them and i remember i remember playing them before i was like yeah you got two bow guys there uh, both those guys actually have a built-in range one attack um, so yeah, the, the, uh, the range one stuff is, uh, a universal card for this. So that's ferocious bite and dark strength, um, mm-hmm. are, are pretty handy. Um, dark fortitude is, uh, not too shabby for trying to keep your bigger, important guys alive. Um, cursed cutlass. Sure. I'll take it for some, some better, uh, accuracy on the, uh, uh, on the little guys, a little harder hit, uh, abyssal, abyssal Subner is a, is a accuracy, uh, upgrade. This is, uh, get a supporting fighter if you're attacking, um, from a cover hex, uh, and it's not restricted for range. So those bows, uh, can get you a little closer to, uh, unequal contest as well. I think phantom spear is an easy pickup for this. 
And then in Crested Key, just try and bump your glory ceiling a little higher. So mm-hmm. it was one of these where I got done. I was like, yeah, I think I got something I could play. And then uh, I listened to you talk through the deck you built. And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> this is nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. well, <laughs> the uh, I think I think we've we've thoroughly shown why Vainglorious Raiders is potentially the new sort of standard in Rivals yeah. Plus. Yeah, uh, but if we reach it back to uh, to the reasons these exist, or the, some of the some of the reasons they they may have come out with them like this, I mean, this is if if this is a rivals deck that is not great, that is probably not going to see much use in rivals or rivals plus. Uh, that's okay. It was just a list that they printed yeah. on White Dwarf. It's not. It's not a, a package they built of the cards. So, um, and if they if they kind of learn from it, or you know, there's always a chance that we're wrong and it's better than it looks. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe there's uh, some some war band that yeah. like, hey, actually, if you run, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I I just had a uh, if we if we need a real goofy event or something like, uh, you know, if we get done doing our uh, our leagues or something need an in-between thing. We'll have a, we'll have a week where, uh, the week before everyone like spins a big wheel to see what war band you're bringing. And then you oh, also yeah, spin, nice. okay. then you spin a smaller wheel to see which, uh, which rivals plus addendum you can use. So Ooh, like you could end up like, <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I'm, uh, curse breakers. And I, uh, I'm bringing patient, lurkers or something like yeah let's see what i can do uh i i think that would be just a, a fun one-off throwaway so I'm gonna, i'll put that out yeah, in the world real, real challenge uh, there that could yeah. be fun uh jot that down um <laughs> but yeah i i mean like you say there's there's no real lost resources here i mean they they spent a little bit of ink to print this into a white dwarf but yeah. it'll live digitally as well um and like if they're like whoa this is a real big mess up they can just scrub it completely and be like hey actually <laughs> let's let's just replace that and not have it exist because it doesn't serve a purpose sure um but i mean i think i think if you have a warband that's faction cards are really solid and you're just like i just need you know one or two additional tools maybe this is what you need because like ferocious bite is super gross if you just need some plus dice on an upgrade or like uh i mean phantom spear is really solid uh you know there there's just a couple things in here that individually are strong cards so sure you know, maybe maybe this is more of like a hey i just need like one or two things to fill out an existing mm-hmm. strong list of cards mm-hmm. and maybe this does that for you i don't i don't necessarily yeah. know but like chum the waters is really solid so maybe you're just like hey i just want chum the waters really bad yeah and you just make the rest of it work yeah uh, i wonder i'm trying to remember if i looked at dread pageant now my brain is thinking like maybe i mean because dread pageant is an example of a, yeah. a war band which has some pretty tremendous in faction cards uh, and they don't mind doing that hold back thing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Might have to um, reattack it with that. <laughs> yeah, they, they. I think they could be all right in this. I think. Yeah. 
they don't mind suffocating mist help for that inspire too yeah no absolutely oh man not. here i go here i go here you go more <laughs> more excuses to play dread pageant although yeah. you like never get to play them because Brian's always playing them. Stupid Brian's going on the <laughs> Although uh, there aren't any rules against you playing them. No, no, no. I, I should. Uh, yeah. After after getting my teeth kicked in over the weekend, I was like, man, I wish maybe I should get good. Maybe I should get good, period. But maybe I should get good with Dread Pageant try them out. So. Says the guy who came in like third at Adepticon or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and this is the thing I'll say is that going through this kind of list building exercise, like, you know, people will do this with art and I'm not trying to draw. I am trying to draw this, but I'm not, it sounds like a ridiculous parallel to talk about, you know, making art and building a deck that you may or may not end up using, but, uh, changing the constraints, you know, like writers or artists will do this. They'll say like, okay, like I'm going to, I'm going to alter the constraints on what I can, uh, do like I I'm gonna make myself make this piece of fiction shorter than normal or I'm uh, you know I, I'm gonna paint but I'm gonna use a medium that I I don't often use or something like that yeah like I, I feel like there's value in that in getting you know better learning more about building decks just going through this process of saying okay I'm I'm constrained in this different way um how does that change how I think about decks? And so I, I found it valuable for that. So I'd encourage people to give it a shot. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think that's in and of itself, that is a benefit of the rivals formats. Um, yeah. Less so regular rivals, because I guess you're not really doing any sort of deck building. But, right. uh, you know, limitations force uh, adaptation, right? Yeah. Uh, mm, whatever sort is- of... Wow, I wish I wish I'd had that phrase instead of the <laughs> random fumbling I did. Uh, instead. I, I think that's actually some some phrase that was something I picked up from anthropology courses in okay. college. It's like, you know, it, you see people do like really weird stuff uh, when they are having to live in a really extreme conditions, and it's because mm. you know the you have to adapt. Uh, mm. And otherwise you'll die, uh, which, of course, in a game is much less extreme. But the the point stands that like when you put those limits in place and you don't have the option to just take an easier route, you then get creative and you make things work, um, which can be really cool and rewarding in a game because it's like, hey, I can really like stretch myself. I can see how far can I go with how like way less than I normally would work with. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be really rewarding. It can also be really hard. So, um, you know, maybe as a once in a while thing, just to test out, uh, could be useful. Um, I sure. think this is maybe a good way to like, if you feel like you're already really solid in a war band and you're like, oh, I just, I want another challenge with them. I want to like push, mm. push to that next level with just the tactics of the war band. It's like, okay, yeah. let's, let's set the limiter and say, okay, I can't play with all these, you know, really solid cards i usually do well here's a good way to try that out sure um and if you still can do really well with them then it's like hey maybe uh you you've got something going on that other people aren't aware of yeah 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 all of that being said i think well well the balance between these two decks is obviously not the same i think having the two decks in the format is now a good thing i would like to see them continue to add more variety 
Um, mm. And I, I actually really enjoy the Rivals Plus format. I think having both Championship and Rivals Plus is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love to see it continue to be its own like standalone competitive format. Um, sure. I, I think it is healthy for the game to have that outlet. And I think that it gives a, a different avenue because there's going to be times as happens a lot of the time in this game uh, towards the end of seasons where it feels like everything's kind of been solved, so to speak. Mm. Um, where having another format could be a nice way to change things up and have something new to do that is like not just waiting around for more cards. Definitely. Any uh, any final thoughts, Floria? Um, otherwise, I think we pretty well covered it. Yeah, uh, I I think after this, I'm going to go try and uh, give a listen to that uh, battle mallet and uh, just compare our take with theirs. Good so. points. I yeah. I think that is a thing to put on the playlist for tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. What I got. Sweet. Okay. Well. Uh, if you have enjoyed this, if you think we made any sort of egregious errors uh, in our evaluations, or if you just want to let us know what you think of the episode, you can always reach us at WTHCast on Twitter or whatthehexcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find all of our content and all the other content that in the AOS sphere over on the mortalrealms.com. Uh, there are our sort of larger affiliate podcasting group uh Mm -hmm. they've got a lot of really cool content they're doing a whole bunch of stuff um uh so if you're into any other format of game that uh in the age of sigmar sphere uh go check them out they got lots of cool stuff Um, yeah i know dogs of war cry are trying to figure out uh exactly they're they're fine-tuning what their uh coverage of the new war cry box is going to be yeah yeah after we got to see those sweet new uh guys posted the sweet new terrain man oh my goodness yeah Yeah. those boxes are so great uh but it always it always lures me into spending way too much money because they're like (laughs) seriously like two hundred dollars yeah uh but uh yeah if you so if you're a warcry player go check them out because they do a much better job talking about this stuff than we do uh coming up next um, we've got a few options. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, there is, as we mentioned, we just were teased about a new warband. And so maybe get more information about them soon? Question mark. Uh, kind of unknown at this point. They they didn't give any sort of timelines, but they should be sometime this quarter. So within the next two months. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely have something. uh we're not sure what it's gonna be yet but it'll be something um so should be should be good yeah we even had somebody request uh ask uh when when are you covering the uh harrow deep uh uh set of short stories or oh yeah yeah, yeah. uh well i haven't read them yet but i (laughs) i mean we definitely should um i i have uh, short stories were great yeah this is a little different, but uh, I think it's still worth your time to read. So if you, yeah. if you oh, get yeah. read you, through you it, you did read those. It. That was a while ago. Yeah. Yep. yep. All right. Well, I think that brings us to our new standing outro segment, which 
I did not prepare a flavor text for you. Did you prepare one for me? Oh, you know, I did. Uh, <laughs> I I wasn't saying anything because I'm going to make you ask me for it. So, <laughs> OK, yeah, sounds good. All right. Uh, the I'm going to I'm going to keep the hint uh, relatively vague this time. This okay. is a card whose name has been mentioned in this episode. Sure. Uh, which you probably could have predicted. I so mean. here's the quote. Perfect. Skulk and crouched simultaneously. Uh, <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because I know what this one is exactly. This is Lost Leader. Yes. Yeah, I thought you would. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, uh, I've I've been playing with this card recently. Yeah. And yeah. surprisingly has worked out quite well. But um, yeah. that's that's another hint for the deck that I'm building. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. I, I actually really love the art and the uh, comment on that card. That's yeah, it's a, it's a good one. Uh, very Skaven. Yep. Uh, you recommended listening for this episode is a song called White Lies, and it's by the band New Rivals. Mm. Uh, so go check that out. There you go. And uh, that's what I got for you. Yeah. For what the hex? I've been Phil, and I've been Davy. I'm going to tell you when they release. I already know. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. They're they're, they're going to release when I am on uh, our family trip uh, Ooh, in Alaska, okay. unable to record. Yes. Uh, no, I, I don't actually know that. I'm just, that's, I'm calling <laughs> the the inconvenience. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> well, well. We're, we're, we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to record something kind of a little far in advance for that. And so we're going to, we'll, we'll uh, end up releasing something that'll be like, here's the background on all the war bands. And everyone's going to be like, what are you doing? Like this would tell it's us, just, tell us about Hexbane Hunters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be, of course it would work out that way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so maybe, maybe you can work on your impression of me and you can just do, uh, like, yes, I'll, you, I'll do both our parts as one person. <laughs> and it'll be great. Perfect. No one will notice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, we've, we've got a uh, sort of a, well, I guess I have a weird deck that we can talk about. Um, there's yeah. potential new releases. Mm. Um, 